Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for listening. Before we get started, I just wanted to mention thank you to everyone who's listening. Um, Wow, stats are through the roof. My wife, as I've mentioned before, has been helping get the podcast in different platforms. It's on iTunes, Spotify. It's obviously in the Podbean app. And she's got it submitted in like three, at least three other places that I just don't know anything about. She's been very helpful. A friend of mine um, that visited about, I don't know, four or five weeks ago that we hadn't seen in years, she was very helpful to, to challenge me and ask me some questions about why I would even take time to do this. And it just really got me to reassessing um, my faith towards it and the expectations. And friends, I'm just going to tell you, like, my expectations are being blown out of the water. Um, it's just, I, don't, I can't understand it. Um, and so, I don't want to say I'm just excited about it. It's not some giddy emotion. I'm just, I'm stirred. And I guess that's a good thing because I presently already have more recordings that are in the queue to get online than I have days. Um, I think I already, if my math is right, I might have almost enough to take through the end of this calendar year recorded after this one here. Um, I just posted part three of the Confronting Christmas series and man, check it out. People are listening. Oh my gosh, I mean, we have been getting a little bit of feedback from it, people resonating with what I'm saying, but not quite sure what to do with it, and I get it, man, it's confrontational, it's uncomfortable, it causes us to really step back and count the cost about what we're doing and why. And what is it that is the undergirding source behind everything that we do? If we're we're going to be Christ men now, if we're going to throw around the scriptures like it's no longer I that live, but Christ who lives in me, then friend, we better know if, if in fact that is true. Because I would say in many facets of all of our lives, mine included, that's not true. And so we move out in a consecrated lifestyle of laying aside things, that the Lord illuminates and asks to have, and we live a life of constant living, sacrificial living, (laughs) surrendering things with regularity, Um, offering them, presenting them. Now, I've been working on some things. I've been writing for the last several days about a specific topic I'm not going to get into today, and so... I've got four things on the table presently, different trains of thought, I guess. Um, with, for me, the Christmas stuff's already in the past. I mean, it's, we're kind of moving past that in my head. Um, the Lord is doing incredible things in my household, but I don't want this to just be this personal testimony time. But, however, what I want to talk about this morning is along those lines. Um... This morning in our, white, in our whiteboard session, we talked about Revelation 12, verse 11. And 
I had I had journaled some stuff about this a couple weeks back. Um, we visited a a new fellowship this weekend, and although the the message itself was was basically surrounded about a certain topic and text, um, for whatever reason, I, I literally can't remember. I would have to go find it online and go back to it. But towards the end of the message, because I'm a note taker, I'm a journal journaler, a question asker, I'm always writing stuff down. And, and at the end of the message, I can't remember why, but I wrote down that verse um, about... Well, let's, let's just move right into it. It says, we'll, we'll just say it strictly as is, and then we'll expound on it a little bit. And they overcame the great adversary, the dragon, the devil, the Satan, however you want to look at it, whatever your perspective and, and historical verbiage, you know, whatever you land on. So I just put the great adversary as kind of a, gen- a generic approach. They conquered, prevailed, and overcame the great adversary by two things. By the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And it finishes out, and they did not love their life unto death. So Revelation chapter 12, verse 11 the expanded version, and they conquered, prevailed, and overcame the great adversary by the blood of the Lamb and by the account, speaking of, word of their witness, record, and testimony. But they didn't love their life unto death. Okay, so here is my my thought for today to put into your ear. And I, and I say that to say, let me, I don't want to move past what I started to um, highlight for just a moment. I don't remember why I wrote that at the end of the message necessarily, like specifically. But about five minutes after I wrote that, the, the man who was speaking said this exact verse in closing of his message. I remember holding it up to my wife and pointing at it with this little smirk on my face like, what's the Lord doing? (laughs) Oh man, if I could make a bumper sticker to sum up the last three and a half months of my life, it would say, Lord, what are you doing? (laughs) With a smiley face. Oh my gosh, but I don't want to get sidetracked. Okay, so let's talk about this for a moment, shall we? Because I would assume, and I always talk about this, I would assume most people who would listen to this podcast are going to be professing believers. Um, Now, we could, of course, as I do often, get into dissecting what is and what is not. But let's just, for the sake of presumption, you are a follower of the way. Yeshua Messiah, Jesus the Christ, is seated enthroned upon the heart of your life. You've been regenerated, moved from the um, domain of darkness to the kingdom of light. You're a child of the Most High God. You've been brought into His ancient family. Okay, so like, if that is true, then we have to examine this text 
and give it some time. We have to give it way more time than I'm going to give it today. But let's start somewhere. And so what stuck out to me, not even getting to why I wrote that down over the weekend at, at this message, when I heard the message, that has not, that's a whole nother compartment. But what stood out to me as I've thought about it, I, I woke up early this morning and this verse was in, in my mind, in my spirit. And I've just been, I was meditating on it this morning. And I knew when I knew when I woke up, I'm like, this needs to be our whiteboard verse of the day. Um, but what stands out to me is this. We have to start examining the way we were raised, the way we were taught and trained. Because I would say without any question that this truth has been taught. But it's only been taught in part. I have heard my entire life raised in a Baptist church primarily, and then after I, I left the faith, but I never really possessed the faith, faith, so I didn't really leave much other than traditions and doctrines and, and formulas in church attendance. But after I made my long journey back to discovering God for who He really is, and especially fast forward to now, I realize that the majority of the message that I have heard my whole life now, that I know, that I was taught to know and to walk in, only used one of these two components of the promise of this verse. The blood of the Lamb. The blood of the Lamb. The blood of the Lamb. Now, of course, I was never explained what that really meant, but, of course, just topically speaking, I knew that was the sacrificial death of Jesus on the cross. That was every message, every week, every time, anywhere, no matter what. The cross, the cross, the cross. And now, let's be careful I'm not negating the cross. I'm not lessening the cross. I am in no way making light of the blood of the slain lamb. None. But let, this is what I'm trying to convey. This verse has been missed in its entirety. It's only been in part delivered to the body of Christ, I would say, pretty much across the board. Now, I, I could say that, of course, I've heard messages about the testimony reality of sharing your testimony in the workplace or at your school, on a mission trip. Don't be afraid to share your testimony. You go through your, your soul winning classes and all the deal. To what? Share your testimony. Well, Brother Jim this morning is going to get up and he's going to share his testimony. Well, Brother Jim was an alcoholic and maybe abusive. He got saved, asked Jesus in his heart, and he stopped being bad. Amen. Praise the Lord, right? I mean, really, y'all, let's be honest. <laughs> Is that the demonstration of the awesome supernatural work of the power and presence of God in a man? Well, maybe in part, yes. But here we are again. In part, perhaps. But what this verse is talking about that we must give ourselves to, to really meditate on and, and ask some questions 
I mean, I, this is the way I look at Scripture. When I study, I ask a lot of questions. Self-examination, um, leaning not on my own understanding, don't read things just as like simple black and white. Okay, got that, done that. Next. But I, I would add, one of the questions I asked myself that I'll pose to you, is this conquering, overcoming, prevailing over the enemy possible with only one component of these two? Now, we would say in the natural, okay, now, if you mix blue and yellow, you get green. Okay, fair enough. Blue and yellow make green. So can we not say in simple ways that my little eight-year-old can understand, can you make green without blue? Can you make green without yellow? If we're talking two primary components of a matter, well, simple, simple thought would say, well, of course not. It's a two-part equation. Okay, so let's begin to look at it just like that in simplicity. This is no revelational doctrine now. This is just common sense. So can we not say that perhaps void of both of these components, the church, the body of Christ, the, the people of God, have not been conquering prevailing and overcoming the great adversary because they've been doing it in the blood of the Lamb alone. Oh, the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus does everything. The blood of Jesus... Okay, now, we have to be really careful. Like, no, if you said that to anyone and you asked that as a question, I'm driving by this huge Baptist church. If I went in there and I took 10 minutes with the pastor, brother, would you say that the blood of Jesus takes care of every single thing? Most likely, if he would just respond as he really teaches and believes, absolutely, amen. The blood of Jesus cleanses everyone and all these things, these attributes, these acts that the blood of Jesus accomplishes, we could say. But in light of this scripture now, the overcomers, the ones who prevail and conquer, Against the enemy, against principalities and powers, if we could just go into the hierarchy of the enemies of God, by these two components, the blood of the Lamb and the word or the speaking of the witness and testimony. And so, friends, here's my point. Let's just get right to it. If we, as the people of God, do not have a personal, experiential witness that we own, that we have lived and is ongoing alive in us, we will not be conquering. We will not, being, we will not be found prevailing. We will be prevailed over. We will be defeated. Can we not say that? This is a twofold power truth. These two together will produce an overcoming people. So let, there's, here's something I want to kind of do a little, little bit of an offshoot here. And this came to me right before I started recording this as I was just praying about what to share um, within this verse specifically. Let me see if I can kind of 
regather that thought because it's 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 somehow escaped me. Okay, here it is. <sighs> the great adversary. And again, if you start doing some studies of this, my current present day perspective is the Satan. We've we've named him Satan. We have called him an, a one man, if you will, a one person, a fallen angel, you know, individual. Angry, pitchforked, out to ruin God's ways. But a lot of the ancient um, Near Eastern culture understood, and I'm going to talk more about this in upcoming recordings, they understood the Satan in a much different viewpoint. Now, if you're interested in anything like that, start looking into some start looking into some really deep texts about the Garden of Eden. The serpent, the shining ones. Um, man, I, I I don't even really have the 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 mental capacity to summarize all of that appropriately. That might take me a couple years to get to a place where I even understand it enough to articulate it for anyone else to even begin to grasp the immeasurable depths within it. But if you're curious, start looking into that stuff. There's plenty out there. Be careful, be wise, but, you know, learn. So, this adversary, we're told clearly in Scripture, Scripture, he does what? He roams around. He roams around in the the domain he's been given by man, in the surrender of the government of God in the garden when Adam and Eve fell, Adam, man, when they fell, they gave up, as we talked about back in the, holy cow, and way back in that long series, I think it was, about, you know, the what is man reality and, and all those things. The government of God, the surrendering of the authority God gave to his creation, mankind. And so in that surrendering, now... Satan, the Satan, you know, whatever we want to say. The great adversary, we know for sure. The dragon, the serpent, the revelation specifically, the dragon. He was cast down and now he's roaming around here in the air. The ruler of the air, rulers of the air. Their own government, their own fallen government that mocks the the true one that they were cast out of. There's nothing original in them. Everything they do is stolen. They're seeking, they're prowling around and seeking whom they what? May devour. There is, a, there is a plan in place, I would say, being carried out very successfully about all of God's people in, in many cases. I, okay, I step back. Not all of God's people. Much of the people of God. Many of them are prey to this. And that's what I want to speak to, because this is something that's really shifted in me this calendar year for sure, and and ramped up times, I don't know how many times, over the last several months, about the power within the word of my testimony. Because you know what? In my best attempt, and now this was necessary for me to be humbled, This was necessary over the last several years for me to come to a place of humility that I had not yet known. Lowly, contrite, broken, removed from 
anything really to stand on to prop up myself. It's been a very lengthy process in my life and absolutely necessary for me as much as any individual that's ever lived. The humbling, the lowliness. And in that, I have, I would like to say, got to a place where I'm actually now an instrument for the Lord to use. A vessel of honor. A clay vessel now, but a vessel of honor. That I have been anointed to preach the gospel. Right? The word of my testimony has been, I would say, from my present view, elevated to its proper place in me. I am a humble servant. Go back and listen to the Freedom and Liberty series that I did. I am a humble, lowly servant of the Most High God. I have placed my head into the yoke of the Messiah, which is easy and light, but it is still His yoke, and He is the one who leads me. I have been removed and delivered from the yoke of slavery to sin and unrighteousness, and I have now been yoked with the perfect slain lamb, righteous. And in that transfer and in that sanctification process that I'm in, I have been given, friends, I have been given a testimony. I have been given a great testimony. A witness. A record. I have a speaking of something to tend to. And again, I would just say it's been elevated to a place where in humility, brother, I've got something to say. I have met the slain lamb. The two have united to be something powerful. Something that allows me to conquer, to be victorious, to prevail over the great adversary. Now, can we not say that the great adversary will defeat and conquer the ones who do not have and possess the account and word of a personal testimony? Friend, do you have a powerful, ongoing, living and active testimony, word, witness, and record? Do you have that, friend? I'm not talking about something that happened great in 1984. I have that. But that is not what I'm talking about. We have something to say if we are, in fact, regenerated kingdom men. We have something to say. Now, does this need tempered? Yes. Does it need submitted to the Spirit? Absolutely. Does it need submitted to the brothers? Yes and amen. We're not talking about... Now, listen, I know plenty of men, and I know every, we all know plenty of men who have said, hey, get out of the way, I'm coming through, and are likely very gifted, whether it be in prophecy or evangelism. But the carnage left on either side of the road is not the goal. It's not okay. 
I believe there's a better way. And I say that from somebody who could be a carnage maker. I'm just saying. I get it. I need temperance. I need patience. I need self-control. Which are all what, y'all? We could go on and on. It's the fruit of the Spirit. A Spirit-led man can have a powerful word and testimony. Rightly ordered. Vibrant? Sure. Loud? Maybe. Delivered with great tenacity? Mm, probably so. But friends, if it is alive, if it is alive, and it's established upon this twofold principle of like, I have encountered the slain lamb. And I need to talk about it. I need to proclaim. Isn't that what the first church did, friends? We, you know, everybody has all these conferences, and me, myself, even our, our household, we were endeavoring with everything we knew with great, with great intention to establish that Acts church on the earth. But guys, let's just step back. What, what really fueled that movement? And let's not even call it, I hate the movement word. I hate the M word. What fueled that on the earth? What fueled the gospel going out and multiplying the kingdom? Numbers were added. Numbers were added. Many were added that day. Many were baptized that day. Why? The word of the testimony. The power within what? The gospel, the good news, which is the blood of the Lamb. And it sandwiched with, alongside, the word of the testimony is the power. It is the prevailing. I'm telling you all, friends, and I've got to bring this to a close. Man, how in the world do 30 minutes go by so quickly? Oh, my gosh. I'm going to start doing hour-long podcasts, like three a day. Listen to what I'm saying, and I'll close the door on this. Maybe the reason, maybe, okay, I'm just going to pose this in the greatest humility I know. Ask yourself, ask your friends, ask your pastor, why do you think the church is so weak today? Why is the body of Christ so lethargic? Why is she slumbering? I would say because she's been prevailed over. Why has she been prevailed over? She's lost the word of her testimony. She has lost the personal, experiential power that is within the truth of the slain lamb aligned with the power of the testimony. So friend, what is your testimony? If it is sourced in God, man, let it out. Don't you dare keep it to yourself. I talked with a a brother not long ago, a friend. He's not a brother in the Lord. I pray in faith that he will be. That if I had been given $5 million that was not mine to keep, it wasn't mine, and I knew that from the beginning, I would go to all these people and I would give them that money. I I would portion it out. 
If I knew it wasn't mine now, and here's part of the problem, boy, I gotta shut my mouth. We think it's for us. This whole me and Jesus reality, it's got to die. It's a lie from the enemy. Oh, it's me and Jesus, brother. I'm pointing at the sky and myself, my head in the sky, my head in the sky. It's all about me and Jesus, brother. Do what you want, I'll do what I want. Me and Jesus, you and Jesus, amen. No, sir. Unless you're going to be in a cubicle with Jesus, just you and him alone for all of eternity, then, friend, you're going to have a problem at the culmination of the ages. Because in New Jerusalem, I'm not seeing any, any uh, like, one-on-one booths with Jesus. It's a people. It's, a, it's an expression of God in the plurality of a people. So it's about the word of your testimony coming out. Getting out of your mouth. You have something to say to someone if the eternal... (laughs) Oh my gosh. I'm telling you, how many times do I need to say I've got to quit? If the spirit of the living God indwells you, friend, you have a story. And if you do not have a story, you do not have the spirit of God. I'm sorry, but that is absolutely black and white. If you have been regenerated via that heart exchange from Ezekiel, if you've been supernaturally transformed, you have a story. And if you do not have a story, friend, you have not been transformed. You have not been regenerated, period. We have to reckon with that. We will overcome the enemy by the word of our testimony and by the the blood of the slain lamb. The blood of the slain lamb, a passive work, done. Entirely fulfilled by Messiah's coming, living a sinless, perfect life, and giving himself unto death. Done. Final. Completed. It's a passive work response-based approach to that component, to that piece, if you will. The part one is an entering in to that work. And then the second part is the active part in response to the passive work There is a work done on our behalf, the blood of the Lamb. And then there's an active work for us to do and to respond to and to declare. The word of our testimony. Friends, when we begin to do this as we are told, let's just apply this one principle and run with it for 30 days, man. Let's just run with it. In faith, I think we'll become overcomers. I think we will become victors again. So may that be for us. May that be for the people of God on the earth in this hour. Amen.